music is a time machine that can transport you to a different place and a different time. Another dimension, if you will, in an instant. Get ready as you enter the time zone up ahead. Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone. Welcome. I bid you welcome to episode number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Of Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone. I hope you enjoyed last week's look at the top ten Ace Fraley and Peter Chris songs from their time in Kiss. And I hope you will enjoy this week's episode about the big right turn of an album that Metallica did in 1996 called Load. Before I get into that, I want to mention a couple of things. Reviews, emails, shares, and tweets. One thing I always think is cool is hearing what others think about a show. So from now on, if you email the show or send me a good tweet, I'm going to try and have a section of the show where we have a bit of listener feedback, questions, and reviews. I'll try and come up with a catchier way to say it too. Also, if you share about the show on Facebook or retweet it on Twitter, I'll definitely give you a thank you here as well. Last week, I had one person that shared my show on Facebook. His name is Joel Hebbensberger. So thank you, Joel, for sharing the show. I really do appreciate it. I've seen also that people all around the world are listening to the show, which is really, really freaking cool to me. If you listen to the show and you know someone else that likes a specific band that I cover maybe or just rock and metal in general, tell them about the show and let's get as many people as we can to come into the zone. Lastly, if you do enjoy the show, go to iTunes, Apple, and leave a review for it there. I've heard it said that it helps the shows out with new listeners, so why not? If you love the show, give a shout out and I'll read that on here as well. Your name will be heard all around the world. All right now, on with the show. Oh, also, Twitter, if you want to reach it on Twitter, Uncle Steve Rock, at Uncle Steve Rock. And the email address is uncle.steve.rock at gmail.com. Now, on with the show. Okay, do you remember when you first heard of Metallica? Do you remember when you first heard Metallica? I can remember both. I had a friend, Carl Richardson, and he was one of a couple of friends that I had that liked rock music a lot. We were both really big into Kiss. He went to my first Kiss show with me in 1988. His mom took us. I didn't really know anything of or about Metallica, and I had seen pictures in rock magazines. I knew they were way heavier based on what I'd read, and... I didn't want anything to do with them at all. So I remember one day my friend Carl was talking to me about Metallica and he asked me if I liked them. I told him, no, I do not like them. I wasn't going to like them. And even if I did like them, I wouldn't tell anybody because it would be too embarrassing. No idea why I felt that way looking back. But I do remember eventually hearing Master of Puppets 
specifically the song Battery. With its nice acoustic intro and solo, and then it kicked in. I didn't know what hit me. All I remember is that very soon, Metallica was my favorite band. I know this was happening to a lot of people at that point, and I was a casualty as well. The first album or EP I got was the 590 ADP, the Garage Days Re-Revisited. I remember taking a trip with the family and listening to that cassette over and over and over. It's funny how quickly your tune can change when you just give something a chance. I also remember waiting for Injustice for All to come out. I remember driving by a specific record store in Arlington, Texas, and they had a big sign out front. They were probably tired of people asking about the new Metallica album coming out, which led them to just put, it will be here August 25th on the sign. I remember driving by and knowing exactly what that meant. Metallica were set to explode and explode they did. My first Metallica show was February 5th, 1989 at Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas. I still remember that date without even looking it up. Queens Rock opened the show. They were touring for their Operation Mindcrime album and they were awesome. Metallica was next. I think we were sitting about 15 rows back, dead center, and they came out with the fading in of the first song on Injustice for All, Blackened. It was powerful. They came out like a machine gun. It was so great. I remember leaving that show and I felt like I couldn't hear a thing. I remember yelling in the car trying to talk. We were so excited. Now, in case you don't know, Metallica blew up after that to even higher heights. So I'm going to slip ahead a few years to where a lot of fans and people felt like Metallica went into the wrong direction. Now, every band walks the path of artistic creativity. Some get on one path and stay there, like Iron Maiden. Some get on the path and take all kinds of detours and chances, like Judas Priest. Others seem to go with the trends of the times, like Alice Cooper and Kiss have done a few times. Metallica seemed to be a bit in this latter group when they released their Load and Reload albums in 1996 and 1997. I can remember sitting on my bed in my little loft apartment. I hadn't been listening to Metallica a ton for whatever reasons, but they had announced on the radio station that they were going to play the new Metallica song. So this was the first studio album after the Black album that sent the band to worldwide popularity. So I was intrigued, to say the least. Then it came on the radio with drums and a weird bass line, and then the vocals started. Where do I take this pain of mine? Immediately, I was like, what? But I waited a bit for the chorus, and honestly, it was a big letdown to me. I'm guessing a lot of other people felt the same way. I don't honestly remember when I got that album, but I know at some point I decided to give that and Reload another listen, and I was surprised that so many of the songs were so good to me. And it wasn't necessarily just the hard rockers, songs that sounded almost like country 
even appealed to me. And I am no fan of country music. You can call me close-minded, but I just don't like it. What I've heard, I don't like, and I'm not going on some kind of country music deep dive to try and see what rock I have to look underneath just to find something that I actually like either. For years, I just maintained the line, country music sucks. And over time, I've decided that that isn't totally fair, whether I like the music or not. To me, one of the greatest things ever is that someone takes a thought, writes it on paper or whatever they do, and eventually turns it into a song that people across the world will hear and enjoy. So to me, even though I don't like country music at all, I will acknowledge that it does take some talent and ability to get it from the mind out to the masses. That's all I can really say about it. So, back to Metallica. These two albums are obviously, at least to me, both written with the band in the same frame of mind. To call them sister albums is just blatantly obvious, but either way, I feel like these albums both have something to offer. Metallica took a big chance and did something completely different that takes courage, and as a fan that just doesn't have musical creativity i totally admire that they were on top of the world and obviously just putting more of the same out and appeasing the fans wasn't what they wanted to do and i'm sure they just didn't care and again i find that highly admirable taking a quick look at these albums load has 14 songs on it and reload has 13 songs on it the first album, Kill 'Em All, had 10 tracks. Ride the Lightning had 8. Master of Puppets also had 8. The next full studio album, And Justice for All, had 9. And the Black album jumped up to 12. So when they released Load and it jumped up to 14 tracks, I guess that wasn't a huge stretch. Okay, Metallica released their 6th full-length album, Load. On June 4th, 1996, the band lineup for this album is James Hetfield on vocals and rhythm guitar, Jason Newstead on bass, Kirk Hammett on lead and rhythm guitars, and Lars Ulrich on drums. Before we get into this album, in case you haven't noticed just yet, I try and keep my podcast as kid-friendly as I can while talking about these bands who don't make that an easy thing to do. I want it to be something that a parent can listen to in the car without having to worry about something you don't want your kids to hear. Now, if you don't mind your kids hearing profanity, that's fine, but I just want people to be able and listen to someone talking about great music with their kids. I've never found that in a podcast. I want kids to think, wow, someone else besides my mom or dad likes this music too? Of course. Now, anyone can feel free to tell their kids the real titles of songs that they like. So with that in mind, <laughs> I'm not a rapper dude or anything, but on a recommendation of a friend, I've decided I'm going to use Snoop Dogg lingo <laughs> where there may be some profanity. So looking at Load for a few minutes, 
the album starts off <laughs> with forgive me <laughs> for saying this the album starts with ain't my bizotch <laughs> this song kicks the album off just like you were hearing some older metallica well at least back to the black album straight in with a good fat guitar riff and drums now if you hadn't heard until it sleeps at that point you'd have wondered what all the fuss was about of course if you had seen any of the promo pictures of the band what with the short haircuts and eyeliner you'd definitely be wondering for sure either way i definitely give this song a thumbs up ain't my bizotch <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> okay, this isn't going to be a heavy dive into every song. Just a quick word or a thousand about each song, and I will see where it goes. So next up is the aptly titled 2x4. It's aptly titled that because the riff hits you in the face like a 2x4, and the song takes off from there. A definite shift for them, but they went about as far as they possibly could with Nothing Else Matters from the Black album. I mean, that's obvious, right? Well, this song is another rocker. The pre-chorus is kind of weird and the chorus isn't bad. I'm going to give this a sideways thumb. Now, the house that Jack built is up next. It starts off with a slow riff. It takes a bit to get to the verses, but there is a great chugging riff during the verses. Now, I'm not a big fan of the chorus, so it's not a horrible song, but it's not a go-to either. I'll go sideways thumbs up again here, too. Next up is the first single from the album that I talked about earlier, Until It Sleeps. Hearing it now, it sounds really cool to me. The way the guitar sounds when he sings at the beginning is great. This song was a huge change for Metallica. This has a very alternative sound to it. At least as much as Metallica and their heavy guitars could have. Now close to 25 years ago, I'd have given this a quick thumbs down. But now it gets a thumbs up. The next song on this album... The very accessible track and what was the fourth single from the album, King Nothing. This song sounds like it could have easily fit on the Black album. It's got a great riff and the verses are good too. Metallica knows how to make that magic on an album. The pre-chorus is awesome as well, leading us into a quick chorus, Where's Your Crown, King Nothing. It's easy to see why this song was chosen as a single. Sometimes bands pick songs that don't seem like a good idea for a single. The third single from this album is a perfect example. This song gets two thumbs up and two big toes up. Careful what you wish. Careful what you say. Careful what you wish. You may regret it. Careful what you wish. You just might get it. These lines are great and ring true for sure. The follow-up to the fourth single from this album is the second single, Hero of the Day. The song starts with a very light style of guitar that I don't think had ever graced a Metallica album up to this point. 
James sings the song much softer in the verses than usual. The verses build into the chorus, which takes a very heavy turn with heavy guitars and double bass drums. I like it. To me, it's the best part of the song. Overall, this isn't one I would normally go to, but it's a really good song. So this may be a go-to moving forward. A thumbs up. The next song is something alternative in nature and totally different from anything Metallica had done up to this point. Bleeding Me starts with drums and a nice, slow bass line. It's got a real nice feel to it, although I'd bet a lot of Metallica fans wouldn't like this one. I love it, though. I'm digging my way to something better. I love that line. After the light verses, the song with James really singing. That was a huge difference on this album. James singing. I mean, I loved his vocals in the past, but on here, he was really singing instead of barking out vocals. I mean... He's no Bruce Dickinson. I mean, really, who is? But he does a great job vocally. The chorus is killer, too. This is always getting played when I listen to this album. This song has a great riff driving it, and then, about five minutes into the song, James throws another great riff in there for us. He's definitely one of the greatest riff writers of all time. Two thumbs up and two big toes up for me. I can understand why a Metallica fan from the old days would hate this, and maybe back then I'd have hated it too. And if it wasn't Metallica, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't like it either. But that said, I still love it. The next track is called Cure. It starts with straight-up drums and a nice, crunchy riff. This song rocks too. I'm not a huge fan of the verses, but the pre-chorus and chorus are both good and guitar-heavy. The pre-chorus is the best part of the song by far. I'd give this song a sideways thumb. Oh, poor twisted me. But poor twisted me is the next song up. It starts off with I'm calling a kind of heavy bluesy riff. This is a song I've never listened to consistently. James's vocals sound like they are being put through some kind of weird pedal and I just don't care for his singing in this song. I don't like the verses, the pre-chorus, or the chorus either. The riff driving the song isn't bad, but this song is getting a thumbs down for me. Two thumbs down. Maybe even two big toes down. Alright, now we get back to the older style Metallica on the next song. After an intro that I really don't like a lot, we get a killer riff that the drums use to take this song straight into overdrive. Oops, the song is called Wasting My Hate. The verses rock. Funny enough, the pre-chorus and chorus are the weak parts of this song. The song does get in a lot of trademark, hey, from James though. Even with the weak chorus, I'd still almost give this a thumbs up. I'll give it a 45 degree thumbs up. Now we get to the third single from the album that I was talking about earlier that maybe wasn't the greatest idea. The, I guess, country rock song, Mama Said. The song is autobiographical in nature as it's about vocalist James Hetfield's difficult relationship with his mother. 
I think that the band would be trying to get as many old fans to buy this album as possible. So using this as a single was a very gutsy move. Surprisingly enough, I really like this song. It's not usually my cup of tea, but I like what they do with it. The verses are James and an acoustic guitar. And then when the chorus comes in, it goes full metallic country. Metallic country. Okay. The bridge in this song is great too. I'm going to give this song a thumbs up. Now track 12 is called Thorn Within. It starts off with another crunchy riff. This album, as is every other Metallica album, is full of them. The next riff that comes in sounds very similar to the riff from the song Snakes of Christ by Danzig from their 1990 album Danzig 2, Lucifuge. Give it a listen and see if you agree. The song rocks up to the verses and then brings it way down. It starts to work its way up into the chorus and then the pre-chorus takes it into a straight rocker and then as the chorus ends it starts to bring us back down to start the process over in the verses this is definitely a winning formula for this song this song flat out rocks a definite thumbs up from me the guitar solo is nice and simple but nicely played by lead guitarist kirk hammett not too much just right man i really like this one at the end james gives out a I am the thorn within. Nice long drawn out within. He does sound better than me there. (laughs) Very nice ending though. I wonder how many people have named their sons Ronnie after track 13 on this album. My guess would be none. Uh, Who knows? Maybe someone has named their kid Ronnie after hearing this one. The guitar that starts the song out doesn't appeal to me. It's like Southern rock from Metallica, like Leonard Skinner or something. To me, it just doesn't work for Metallica, though. I just don't really care for it. I do like the verses on this song, but I don't like the pre-chorus or the chorus. I'm just going to give Southern Kentucky Fried Metallica a thumbs down. My last thought, and a thought for you to ponder... Is there any possibility that Metallica named this little slice of Southern rock after the original lead singer of Leonard Skinner, Ronnie Van Zant? If so, I'd say they might owe him an apology. The album closer, The Outlaw Torn. It starts out quietly and fades into a nice crunchy guitar riff that gets right into the driver's seat. It sounds great too. The verses are sung nice and quietly and with a bit of drawl to them. The verse builds up to the chorus eventually, which I love. James is definitely singing again on this track. There are lots of guitar sounds that echo at the ends of lines in the song, which all sound really cool as well. When we finally do get to the chorus, it's worth the wait. It doesn't stray far from where the song has taken us so far, but it's still great. The song then rides us out with a nice long instrumental part, leading us back to one last chorus from the song. From there we get another couple minutes of music to ride this outlaw into the sunset of this album. Now I don't know about you, but the way I feel about this album now compared to the first time I ever heard it is like a complete 180 degree turn. 
Now, something I'm sure we've all heard people say about albums that seem to have a bit too much on them is how they could have been made better by having more meat and less fat. Like on this album, for instance, you would think that they could have easily trimmed off three or four songs and had a much better album. Or they could have taken Load and Reload, trimmed all the fat off, and had one killer 14-song album. So just for you, I've decided to trim the fat off and have it be a better and less congested album. Ten songs. Here we go. Number one, to start off the album, Ain't My Bizotch. It's a great way to start the album. Hard and heavy. Track two will be Two by Four. A good driving beat, a change of pace, but still a good rocker. Number three, Until It Sleeps, the single off the album. Something alternative, yet still Metallica sounding. Number four, King Nothing, another great song. This keeps the rockers engaged. Number five would be Hero of the Day. A lighter song with a good heavy chorus. Kind of like sweet and sour candy. Number six would be Bleeding Me. Some alt rock. Great song with some great guitar riffs and a killer chorus. Track seven would be Wasting My Hate. Another song that would please the old school metalheads. Number eight, a real change of pace on the album would be Mama Said. The Metallic Country song. It's got a totally different feel. Number nine would be The Thorn Within, or just Thorn Within. It's a heavy riff, moderately heavy verses, and a heavy chorus. It's a perfect song. And to close out the album, The Outlaw Torn. The album would end with a song that sounds like it's dragging you along with it. Lots of cool instrumentals with it, too. It's a good ending to this now 10-song album. So, I took out The House Jack Built, Cure, Poor Twisted Me, and Ronnie. If I was making this an 11-song album, I would have had Cure in there, too. But since it's only 10, it just didn't make the cut today. But ask me next week, and I just may have changed my mind. If you've never heard this album or Metallica, then give it a listen and see what you think of it. I think overall I'd rate this album at about a 75 or 80 out of 100. I wonder what a Metallica fan that was with them from the beginning would think about this compared to someone that came along when the Black Album came out and Metallica was kind of the in thing. I bet the opinions are everywhere, but what do you say? So to close this show out, remember to tell your friends about the show. If you share on Facebook or Twitter, you'll get a thank you heard around the world. And if you send me a good email or tweet, or if you leave a nice review, I'll share that here as well. As my daughter would say, you'll be famous. The Twitter is at Uncle Steve Rock, and the email address is uncle.steve.rock at gmail.com. You can find the show on Facebook, and you can listen to the show on just about every possible place that you can listen to podcasts at. So remember, if you don't have a person to introduce you to music, and we all need one, I will be that guy for you. I will be your Uncle Steve. 
So with all the craziness in the world, you stay safe out there wherever you are. And I will be talking to you again real soon. You will now be transported back to your regularly scheduled time zone. Number nine, 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 number nine.